If you're considering a career in medicine, this show is for you. I'm going to be talking to a variety of healthcare professionals who are going to share the reality of what it takes to have a successful career in medicine. The good, the bad, the inspiring, the funny. My name is Michelle Nesky. I'm a physician assistant and your host about to bring you Beyond the Scope. If you've done research into applying to physician assistant school, you know how crazy it is with all the different requirements, programs out there, and how do you choose which one is best for you? Well, luckily, two of my friends and PAs created an amazing platform that you can do this all in one place called My PA Box. Research schools by state, track your hours, look up all the requirements literally in one spot at mypabox.com. You can also use their PA school match to enter in all your demographic information, your GPA, whether or not you took the GRE or PA CAT, and filter for schools that would be the best fit for you. You guys, this has been game changing for pre-PAs and I use it all the time with my clients. You can go ahead and get a one-year subscription. And because you're listening to this podcast, if you use Posh PA 15, you can get 15% off your one-year subscription. You will not regret this. If you are a pre-PA, it will sort things out so much for you and just make it easier to do the research on the programs that are the best fit for you. So check them out, mypabox.com. You guys, I am beyond excited to talk to Odell. I mean, he has the best story. So Odell Miller is a doctor, a physical therapy student at Midwestern University. He played Division I football, where he then had the opportunity to try out for two NFL teams. He owns two businesses and plans to open multiple clinics in the future. His goals are to motivate and inspire others through not only his words, but actions. He documents his journey through YouTube video blogs, cool and inspiring content on social media, which I have seen and y'all probably have not, or maybe you have, and it's amazing. He loves meeting and connecting with new people and encourages everyone to reach out to him on social media at Odell Miller 25. I'm so excited to have him today, you guys. Welcome, Odell Miller. Thanks for having me on. This is such a good opportunity. I was just recording or telling everybody about your your introduction and part mm -hmm. of the reason why I was so like compelled to follow you and your story is just unbelievable. So I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. So let's first off, um, everybody, uh, you know, Odell played a division one football. Where did you play division one football? I played at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, which nice. is like halfway between Detroit and Chicago. Nice. And then mm -hmm. you tried out for two NFL teams, right? Yep. Yep. All right. So what happened? Tell us what happened. So um, that was a super cool opportunity, actually. So basically, I went to the Cleveland Browns and then the Washington Redskins. So nice. I got to try out. Um, so I lasted in the NFL for about like three months or something like that. But um, I actually have a cool story about that. So I actually walked on at Western Michigan University, which was wow. Yeah, I walked on and then worked my way up to a starting position and then had the great opportunity to go on to the next level, which is a very slim chance. So that was cool. So tell us about your high school career then. So what happened in high school? Like what was your sort of mentorship like from an athletic standpoint, academic standpoint? What was that like for you? 
So in high school, I was huge into basketball. And at first I wanted to actually play <laughs> basketball in college. That was my thing. And then I was like, okay, I'm not tall enough, which I'm 6'4", so people would be like, wow, that's tall, but not for basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah true. So yeah. I wanted to play basketball, but I ended up playing football. And yeah, that's how it started. And then my academic career was normal, nothing mm -hmm. extraordinary, nothing out of the box. Okay. So yeah. what position did you play? And I, well, I played a lot of positions. In high school, I played middle linebacker. I played tight end. And then in college, I started off at defensive end. And then okay. they moved me to tight end. And that's where. Um, and that's kind of where you stayed through college yeah, and everything. Yep. Got all my opportunities. So, you, so, so when you went into college, what were you majoring in? Um, right away, I majored in exercise science. Really? Okay. Yep. So that was something that you wanted yep. sort of the whole way through. Mm -hmm. I've okay. always been interested in like exercise and stuff like that. So right away I was like that. So I was deciding between that and business, um, which okay. you know, a little bit about my business background. But so I was deciding between that and business. And I was like, I can always open a business without a business degree, but like exercise science or physical therapy, I can go farther with that as far as academically. Yeah. So tell us how you balanced that, because I work with a lot of student athletes mm -hmm. who have, you know, obviously work really hard in college <laughs> to try to balance all of that. So what did you do to try to handle all of that at the same time? Um, first of all, my priority and my scheduling, just um, staying on top of what was um, priority for me. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, scheduling, just staying on top of, I don't know how to explain it. Um, mm -hmm. I get this question a lot, actually, surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, I, you, now, but literally like just, knowing what I wanted to do with my goals. And I just set myself up for that. And I just scheduled everything. Mm, so tell us, so what were your goals? So like, tell me what your goals were. So you were your goals to be an F NFL football player mm -hmm. or were your goals to maybe be an NFL football player, but have mm -hmm. a really solid, you know, education so that mm -hmm. if you didn't become an NFL football player, mm -hmm. you would be where you are today. So yeah. sort of what happened there? I would be lying if I didn't say that I wanted to be an NFL player. I definitely yeah. wanted to do that. So my goal was to just first literally get a scholarship, get my school paid for it for football. And then I was like, I want to go to the NFL. So then I started working yeah. for that. And then I got the opportunity. And then um, literally um, me not making it, God has opened my eyes to so many di different things that I had no idea that I was going to open. So now I really feel like I'm called to do this and I'm able to like, reach and touch so many more people. Like I've gotten way more DMs and people saying that I'm inspiring them more than when I was in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was surprising to me, but obviously yeah. I really did want to go to the NFL and, but. Yeah. So when, okay. So when you were, you know, when you decided or when the NFL thing didn't work out, mm -hmm. why did you decide to do a doctorate in physical therapy? Like what happened there? Okay. So that was, I always knew that I wanted to do something bigger, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to go to the NFL, but I wasn't delusional. I've always said <laughs> if the NFL doesn't work out, like I'm going to have a backup and getting my doctor was my backup. And it just means so much more to me, like having my, being a doctoral student than it does being an NFL player. Like mm -hmm. being honest, there's a lot of African-Americans in the NFL. Like there's not yeah. um, scarcity of those. So being in a doctoral program, I'm able to like um, change so many different perspectives for people that I would never ever be able to touch if I was in the NFL because they would just put me in a category. But now mm -hmm. in, in a white coat, that's why I wear this. 
um, to motivate other people. And I've gotten tons of DMs and people saying that that's inspiring. And I was like, wow, like literally I was just in the NFL and I got less than that. And you yeah. would think it would be the opposite. So it's really, it's been an eye-opening experience. That's really cool. So, you know, um, I love that you bring that up. So how do you feel about, so diversity obviously in medicine is a huge subject right now in, in many professions. How is it in the physical therapy profession? Because I know, you know, in the PA profession, only three and a half percent of PAs are, are unrepresented minorities or black, right? So yes. it's not great. Um, and so we're trying to obviously improve that. But how is it in your field? Is it the same or are those numbers better? Very similar. It's the same. So I okay. think I looked it up. I couldn't like specify physical therapy, but it said those with their doctor, it's just like less than 4%. So it's around the same as the PAs. Why do you think that is? First of all, it's, uh, what I was alluding to earlier, like um, starting just in my own community, so I like to change what I could change. And that's me being a representation. So I think it starts with having people of my color in positions that younger people can see because mm -hmm. what they see now is a lot of athletes, which I wanted to be that, and I was that, um, and that's gone and passed. But they, I need to show them, we need to show them more than what they can be than just an athlete or what they mm -hmm. see on TV, if that makes sense. It so does. It makes a hundred percent sense. Like, yeah. you know, you're put into a certain sort of box or trajectory. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially a six, four black man, who, exactly, exactly. you know, is like, you know, yeah. a, a good athlete. So I can imagine that that's, you know, you're just automatically kind of put into this box. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason I found you on social media actually popped up on my for you page on TikTok, mm -hmm. And I literally like watched all your, you know, it was like one of those mm -hmm. things. I'm like, this guy is so inspirational. Like, for so many reasons, um, I just felt that you represented a population of people that doesn't get represented on social media, mm -hmm. period. Like I yeah. haven't, you know, I, I haven't mm -hmm. seen that. So, um, and so I was like, I have to talk to him. I want to know, so you know, what's, mm -hmm. what's going on. But you also own a business, two businesses. Yes. So tell so, us about that. So I'm very, very entrepreneurial minded and I want to open up my own clinic in the future. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? Where does that come from? I don't know. I guess I'll have to attribute it to my parents. My dad has a um, car shop and he also had a restaurant. And cool. I don't know. But yeah, so I have yeah. two businesses. Um, one of my businesses um, is an entertainment company, um, which we service weddings for like um, DJing. And then we mm -hmm. have um, videography services. Then my other one, which is my baby, it's called. I was going to say your baby. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fly rentals where we um, rent out scooters to students around campus, around Kalamazoo area, Michigan. And nice. so they're able to rent the scooter for like a day, a week or a month. And yeah, so I have my first summer with that actually this summer. So, But be more active and mm -hmm. be outside and, you know, exactly. Exactly. do all of that as well. So mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. So how do you balance like doing the business stuff with your schooling? Mm -hmm. So for the... I get asked this a lot too. So for the OD entertainment, for the um, entertainment business for weddings, obviously that's only like on weekends. So that's like right. five to six hours on a Saturday. Okay. And that was a catalyst to me being able to do the scooter thing. Then the scooter mm -hmm. thing is all, everything's online now. So it's all online. Okay. I can communicate through my app and I have different things like that. And then I have a great family at home. So um, yeah. my dad is going to do all the deliveries. So literally I'll just send him a delivery list of where the scooters need to go. 
they show up at the person's house and then they control everything through their phone like a key. That's awesome. That's mm -hmm. really cool. Mm -hmm. So of all these things that you do, what do you, what's your vision for yourself sort of in the future? <sighs> like I said, I want to open up many clinics. Your own clinic? Yeah, okay. I want to open up many clinics. And then, like, honestly, you would be surprised, but I'm literally, I, I hate speaking. But I, every day I feel, yes, I feel called more and more to speak, like every day. I get all these yeah. opportunities, different podcasts, and people asking me to speak, coming in for like a pre-game speech for like different sports mm -hmm. teams. So like I really feel called to do that. And then um, I just want to be an inspiration to people in any way that I can, whether that's verbally or just through my actions and showing there's yeah. different ways and different um, things that you can do. What do you feel has been the biggest challenge or obstacle throughout your educational career? Honestly, I think the biggest challenge is the challenges that I put on myself. Really? Your, own, your own expectations. My own expectations. Sometimes like feeling that I don't belong, like especially when I first got into the doctoral program, like mm -hmm. I look to the left and to the right of me, um, which I'm used to. I'm from a like a wealthier white community. So I'm kind of used to it, but I look to the left and the right. There's no other African-American. So sometimes in my head, I get like, ooh, do I belong here? Like I need to do really well or else I'm just going to be another statistic. And then this mm -hmm. is what they already think about me. So I'm like representing the entire community through my university, which I want to give a shout out to my university, Midwestern University. Yeah. They're doing a great job. They're trying to diversify the classes and the different um, medical programs and things around campus. And I'm seeing that. So that's great. That's awesome. And mm -hmm. so, and then, you know, kind of on the flip side, like how does the doctoral program differ from your undergraduate education? What is that like? So mm -hmm. a lot of people, so in the PA profession, there's the doctoral programs are newer mm -hmm. um, in, in the PT and OT, they seem to, they're more established. What is that like? Well, how does that take your education sort of to the next level? Um, I would say undergrad was a lot easier. <laughs> <at least. laughs> yeah. It was demanding. Um, but the doctoral program just, I don't know, it makes you an expert in that field. And it's just different going through mm -hmm. and knowing this is what I'm going to be doing in my career. It's different than taking some of the undergrad classes where it's like, I just need to do this to get this degree. But now right. I'm really taking in everything and trying to learn the information. And I really want to be the best physical therapist that I can be. So I take yeah. that much more pride in my education now than I did before. So when you say you want to open your open like mini clinics, what does that look like for you? Where, like, what are you going to specialize in? Is that going to be general PT? What does that look like? So I want, I'm torn. <laughs> so, <laughs> I really want to like help bridge the gap, like the healthcare disparity, which I'm still maybe to do, maybe set up a program through my clinic, but I also want to work with like high level athletes and mm -hmm. do like sports performance and things like that. So yeah, hopefully I can mix, mix the two and be able to help this side, but also work with high level athletes to, to get what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. So um, what, what made you want to be a PT? I know you've always been active, athletic mm -hmm. exercise. Is that something that sort of naturally just felt right for you, it, you know, kind of in the process? It is literally that's, it's just that I've never had an injury. Mm -hmm. Thank God, never had an injury or anything like that. So that didn't propel me to do it. It's just, I've always been interested in athletics. And I thought this would be a great way. And I also love like um, the different verticals that I can do in physical therapy and the different settings that <laughs> I can work in. 
Like, yeah, it's just it's just great opportunities. I can do hospital um, acute care. I can do outpatient. I can do mm-hmm. sports. I can do niches. Yeah. So I That's love awesome. That. So it's very, it's also a very versatile profession, you mm-hmm. would say. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I personally, I had never been to, so I thought that I wanted to be a physical therapist when I was uh-huh. in high school. So uh-huh. I volunteered at a PT clinic, like, you know, trying to get some experience. And literally I was like, I don't think I can hear a bone crack. Like I feel, I, it was like, so it was just, I was like, wow, I almost went into physical therapy programs mm-hmm. and I don't like the sound of like certain things yeah. and like, you know, and I'm like, I don't think this is for me. So I'm just going to pick like a, you know, a bigger university. But mm-hmm. I will say that, um, that I felt I had never actually been to a physical therapist myself until mm-hmm. a year ago when I injured my hip running and my knee. And, mm-hmm. and I went, I didn't know what to expect. I had never been to like an outpatient physical therapy clinic. And I'll, I know that a lot of them are different in how they yeah. work and such. Mm-hmm. I was so impressed. I had, you know, a, a PT that did like dry needling. And then we did like all these exercises. I mean, in six weeks, I felt so much better. I never, mm-hmm. I mean, and listen, I'm 43 years old. Like I never really been injured in my life. And I was like, this is horrible. I hate everything. I hate everyone. I can't exercise. Like you better get me. I literally walked in. I'm like, you need to get me back like yeah. tomorrow. And the guy was like, dude, slow your roll lady. Like <laughs> <a little> bit. <laughs> he's like, slow your roll. And you can't run. I'm like, excuse you. I'm like, I'm supposed to do like a half marathon and like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I don't even really like running, but I promised somebody that I would do it. So you got to get me back on track. But it definitely forces you to kind of slow down and like mm-hmm. readjust, you know, your situation. And the thing I really loved about him was that he could do so many different things. It wasn't just movements. It was mm-hmm. stretching. It was dry needling. It was, you know, all of these different cupping, like all of these different yeah. things. I had no idea that that was in that scope. And, mm-hmm. you know, within six weeks, I was back on my feet. Yeah. So yeah. I really felt um, it was a very good insight for me into mm-hmm. what that really looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel that way? Do you feel the profession is versatile enough for you to be able to learn different techniques and all that? Yes, that's what I love about it. There's so many different like certifications and techniques and philosophies that people follow. So that's what I really like about it as well. And yeah. then for, like, um, from a consumer side, like when you went, um, there's so many different PCs you can choose from. I mean, right. if that person work, you can go find a different method or something like that. Right. So it's probably right. like it's no yeah. one. That's great. And and so I feel like, you know, it's very funny. So we're both in sort of allied health professions and they're mm-hmm. and they're very similar and different in a lot of ways mm-hmm. where they're very versatile and all of this. And um we can have very good careers and happy lives, you know, kind of mm-hmm. making our schedules the way we want. Um, but but there are some issues, you know. So yeah. do you what do you what do you feel is the biggest issue with the physical therapy profession? Hmm. I think one thing that they or we mm-hmm. <laughs> um just standardizing the care a little bit. I think there's so many different philosophies and mm-hmm. stuff that 
there's no like methods to follow. And I think we learned this a little bit in class, but they want to like kind of narrow it down a little bit to this, follow this method. This is um, mm -hmm. the best way to do it in a way. Yeah. Make still, it a little more standardized yeah, across yeah, the yeah. board. Yeah, exactly. Standardized, but still allow mm -hmm. people to have like the different methods, but it needs to be like a standardization of care. Yeah. That's actually important for a lot of different things. And do you feel that it was how, how, what is it like to get into a PT program? What does it take to get into a doctorate program to be, you know, in at your level? What does that take? Um, it's very competitive. Very yeah. competitive. Um, I don't don't quote me on this, but I think the statistic is about twelve to fourteen percent get into wow. some people like two or three years and still can't get in. So wow, um, it's very competitive, just like any program at this level. Um, very competitive. But for me, it was it was really cool, and it was it was a great opportunity. And I see that every day, especially when it gets hard, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. And I'm like, there's literally thousands of other kids who would love to be in the same position. Yeah. So I need to like, put this in, into perspective and remember when I was applying how much I wanted to be in T school. So, so when you that helps when you were applying, did you have to already have worked? as a PT? Like, did you have to have a certain amount of like PT hours before you applied to the DPT or you just could do it right from school? So different schools require different things. Okay. Um, so I did, because I was playing football, it's hard for me to like go around and do that, but I did have to have a, what is it called? Uh, um, drawing the blank. I wrote, uh, yeah, I had to have observation hours in a. Oh, okay. You know, to graduate, I had to have a. Like an internship or something, yes, or like. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm so I had to have an internship, and what I did was just know that I wanted to go to PT school. So then I just did my internship and in undergrad in that, and that got me about 500 hours. So I like knocked that way out of the park. So. Oh, nice. Okay, <laughs> so it's similar to PA, where it kind of varies a little bit about what you exactly. want to do, and you wanted to stay in michigan i wanted to stay in michigan i'm in chicago now but okay this is close enough yeah. okay so close enough to stay in the midwest and kind of do everything you need because to do. of business because yeah your business is close yeah. by yeah. yeah and so um what would you say would be your biggest like your number one piece of advice to somebody who well, let's kind of break it up because I get this a lot too. So like first I get a lot of high school students. So what would you say to a high school student that was like, I might want to be a PT? What should I do? I would say you can do it. <laughs> it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot of work, but you can do it. And the fact that they know they want to do it now is giving them an up upside. So I would say um, don't go into undergrad not taking your classes serious try to get good grades try to be involved in a lot of different things um they like multi-dimensional students like just having all a's is not going to get you in the pt school and a lot yeah. of other schools that doesn't work so i would say be involved and um be able to speak to people because the physical therapy field is speaking with people and interacting and communicating so i would say do that and yeah, yeah. And what about if they're in college and they're thinking, oh, I should have done PT. I think I want to do it now. Like, mm -hmm. what What would you say to what would be the best route to try to, you know, maybe get a master's degree and then go on to 
DPT mm-hmm. or? I ran a couple of those messages too. I just tell people, uh, if you go see a counselor, they have literally mm-hmm. sheets that'll help you. So if you were like, for some reason, you're a communication major and you wanted to switch mm-hmm. over for PT, then you need to go switch your counselor and see what classes that you have that meets that requirement and the class that you don't. And then mm-hmm. go take the class that you don't at a community college or at your undergrad, and then you will be ready to apply. And then every school is different too. So if you have a list of schools that you really want to get into for PT, I would say go look it up on a site called PTCast, and then you can find out what that school requires and each are kind of different. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. great advice. Um, I'm going to ask you something a little bit more personal. Um, mm-hmm. You said you've never been injured or anything like that, but... Have you ever experienced racial bias as a patient or have you ever witnessed that? As a no, I have not. You have not. Okay. No, I, I will say a big reason too is because I was in the sports. Yes. Uh-huh. Of it, and we had like team physicians, team this and stuff. So I was like not seeing the general, like, yeah. I don't know how to explain. And then being like a starter and like, yeah. you're elite you're elite right yeah so they, like you're an elite athlete so now mm-hmm. you're you don't even go to a general practitioner you know you yeah. go to the team doctors and the elite mm-hmm. you know kind of people mm-hmm. i think that's a very interesting point actually yes yeah, so um I think it's a little bit different but i'm sure yeah. there's out there but personally i can't lie and say that i've ever experienced it but i've never yeah. seen it or i'm not yeah i just wondered mm-hmm. you know because i've seen it myself but mm-hmm. i wondered you know having been an athlete i've i thought mm-hmm. maybe that would be different right because uh-huh. you were an elite athlete and well still are but you know and so it's the experience is a little different, right? In healthcare. Mm-hmm. But I think it's amazing that um that you're trying to, first of all, you're not trying to, you are inspiring a lot of other people because I think one of the biggest things that can be done is just showing up in your white coat, like you mm-hmm. said, and having people see someone that looks like them. Exactly. You know, it's a big deal. Like, and it just mm-hmm. takes and you know, whether it's, you know, black or Hispanic or whatever, mm-hmm. it's, it's a huge deal to encounter somebody in a medical profession that looks like you that can identify with what, you know, you're going through. And, um, I think it's really inspiring that you're doing that, you know, across social media in your businesses as a PT. Um, I can't wait to see what you do. Um, and so yeah. I think it's amazing. So, um, my last question would just be if you had literally one line, like piece of advice that you would tell a student who's struggling and just wants to throw it in the toilet and be like, screw this, I'm out. What would you say? Mm-hmm. I would say take a step back and remember why you started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of dig back and find the why. What was your yeah. why? What was your original why? Do you remember? For which aspect? <laughs> for- <laughs> I mean, I think for all of it, because I think we all uh-huh. have a why for something, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, why medicine, why PT, and then, mm-hmm. you know, kind of go from there. My why. Um This may sound cliche, but seriously, I want to be an inspiration in I just want to show people that whether it's PT or you want to be a video gamer, you want to 
<laughs> build houses, whatever you want to do. I just want to show people that they can do it. Go mm -hmm. do it. Like if you have, and also idea, like you don't have to be put into a box, right? Just because you're right. a PT doesn't mean you can't be a business person. Exactly, that's so true. And you know how many people when I started my first business, oh, you starting the second one? How are you doing all this? You're not gonna have time. And like, <laughs> I'll rather juggle. For me, I'll rather juggle like thirty balls and I, like <laughs> only have them fall, but still have ten rather than juggling one. And if that one falls, now I have nothing. So right. Right. And it's so funny because I feel like in the medical profession, you're groomed to do one thing. Mm -hmm. Like you're just like, this is what you're going to do. Right. And For so sure. when you try to do the other things, people look at you and they're like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, what exactly. are you doing? Like, exactly. why are you doing this? What are you doing? But I'm kind of the same as you. It's kind of nice to have. Mm -hmm. And you also have different aspects of your personality, right? You're not yeah, just yeah. one thing. You're, you know, when you're an athlete, you're a PT, you like medicine, but you're also business minded and want, mm -hmm. you know, have, have kind of bigger aspirations in that realm. I think it's nice to be able to feed those parts of your personality without being like structured into one exactly. box. And I feel like sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes in medicine, you do get stuck, you know, yeah. in that yeah. box. Yeah. Um, kind of going forward. Um, well, I really, I mean, seriously, I appreciate you being here so much. Um, I found you on TikTok. Your Instagram handle is Odell Miller 25. Is it yeah, the same on right. TikTok? It's the same on TikTok. TikTok same is funny TikTok. though. It's funny there because literally I had a break in between school and I was like, let me see what this TikTok thing's about. So then I just made a couple of TikToks and then people were loving it and people were following me on Instagram from it. And I was like, wow, this TikTok thing is real. Listen, so I'm then, 43 years old. Okay. I, someone's like, you got to get on TikTok. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> and here I am TikTok yeah. away because <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a different avenue to reach people, mm -hmm. you know, and you do, mm -hmm. you never know who's going to be like, Oh, I wanted to do that. I don't know about that. And so even though I was kind of closed minded at first, mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it definitely is a strange platform to me, but, um, yeah. but it's funny how you find different people. And so I'm glad I yeah. found you there and, um, I everybody can go phone. Thank you. so much. It's so great. It's like perfect for your, I like, cause it's, it would bring out your personality and stuff like that too. Like no one would have ever known that like your right. um, customers and clients and right. patients. Now they like, see a different I, aspect. I actually like personally love dancing and music. And so people, my mm -hmm. friends are like, this is the perfect app for you. And then, <laughs> and then everyone else who doesn't know me that way was like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is actually <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> this is all my best That's friends awesome. are like, show us your best dance move, you know? Um, but it, it's, they would, they, they die when they see my TikToks, but it's funny because you are able to show a different personality, which is exactly. like a different exactly. side of you. That's not so businessy, which is kind of lovely. Mm -hmm. um, but I really appreciate you being here and taking the time and um, keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank so you much for having me. me. This is amazing. Hopefully you're we can chop welcome. it up some more. I love it. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Awesome. See you later. <laughs> Bye.